Here we are, we're starting a new series on being better friends. And there is so much wisdom in the Bible uh, that can help us in our relationships and our friendships. So uh, we're going to have a little look at that over these next few weeks, and I hope it's helpful. We're going to be, uh, even as I was going through this uh, this week and preparing for today, there was a few things that jumped out at me, and I'm like, oh man, I need to do better at that. It's like, oh, that's, that's good wisdom, good advice. So, so that's what we're going to do. You know, friends, friends are more than important. They're, they're essential. And when we're talking friends, just... We're talking about all your relationships, you know, with your, with your parents, with your kids, with your, your partner, your spouse, your, your workmates, your neighbours. Uh, this is just some, a series that's going to be great input to help us in that, in that journey. And uh, it says right in the start of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, it says it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for people to be alone. And uh, you know what they do to prisoners when they want to really punish them? Solitary confinement. They take them away from people. People need people. We need people. And we need friends. So we're going to look at being better friends. And uh, so it's kind of quite a lot to get through this morning. So it's kind of like hold on tight. There's a whole bunch of stuff. So, and as we go through the series, we're going to be looking at um, how to fight fair. We're going to be looking at just how important words are. Uh, we're going to look about, give some wisdom around what to do when you want to like quit on your friends or, uh, or it's, you, when you just want to get out. Um, so this is going to be good. It's going to be real good. But today we're looking at, I guess, a punchline when it comes to being better friends. And it's a, it's a phrase we use a lot here at Coast Vineyard. And it's, it must be love. It must be love. When it comes to better friendship, it must be love. So I'm just going to pray for us, pray and invite God to, to speak to us this morning, and then we'll, we'll get into it. So Father, we do, we're grateful for your presence here. We're grateful that uh, you're with us, that you lead us, that you guide us, that you, you speak words of encouragement to us, words of challenge to us, words of comfort to us, words of blessing over us. And so we want to open our heads and our hearts to you this morning, God, and we just pray that there would, be, there would be something for every one of us this morning that you would plant in us, that we would take into our week, that would mean that we are therefore better friends uh, because of it, God, that you would do that, you would land that in our heart, what we need to hear this morning. Amen. All right. So if the key to being better friends is love then let's have a little look at what that, uh, that means. We're not obviously going to be able to give you everything that you need to know about love in the next 30 minutes. That might be a little bit of a challenge. We're going to give you some things that will help you. But let's, um, here's some thoughts from some kids when they were asked, well, what, is, what does love mean? What is love all about? Okay. So here's start with some dad ones for Father's Day. This is from Cindy, aged eight. She said, during my piano recital... I was on stage and I was scared. I looked at all the people watching me and saw my daddy waving and smiling. He was the only one doing that and I wasn't scared anymore. And that was love. So. 
Elaine, age five, she says this, love is when mummy gives daddy the best piece of chicken. <laughs> A few amens there around the place. Here's some good ones that will help us with our friendships. This is from Billy, aged four. When someone loves you, the way they say your name is different. You know that your name is safe in their mouth. Now that's some pretty good wisdom from a four-year-old. Here's one from a girl called Rebecca, aged eight. When my grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore, so my grandfather does it for her all the time, even when his hands got arthritis too. That's love. Tommy, age six, says, love is like a little old woman and a little old man who are still friends even though they know each other so well. <laughs> Mary Ann, age four, says this, love is when your puppy licks your face, face even after you've left him alone all day. Karen, age seven, says, when you love somebody, your eyelashes go up and down and little stars come out of you. And this is a good one, it's from a, ch um, a child who's incredibly wise, age six. If you want to learn to love better, you should start with a friend who you hate. Ooh, how about that from a six-year-old? Anyway, I'm gonna look at a piece of scripture for, you know, out of the Bible here today to help us to learn to love and be better friends. So this is from part of the Bible that's known as Romans. So this was Paul the Apostle, 2,000 years ago, writing a letter of encouragement to the, to the Christian church in Rome to help the church to do this whole thing of being better friends. And uh, he, he wrote to them, talked a whole lot about uh, theological things and spiritual things, and then in Romans chapter 12, he starts to talk about some of these practical things. So we're going to look at this uh, this morning, just really wanting to, to guide them in their, in their life and faith. Romans 12, 9 to about 21. And the first little sentence he says, it's like a headline. And then everything else under that is like unpacking that headline. The first thing he says is love must be sincere. Love must be sincere. Or you could say love must be genuine. So then he goes to unpack what that looks like. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. A lot in there, isn't there? A lot in there. But it starts off by saying love must be sincere, love must be genuine. And 
I think for all of us, like, no one wants friendships that aren't real, that aren't genuine. No one likes a, a hypocrite that, you know, are with this bunch of friends and they say one thing and then they're with this other bunch of friends and they say the complete opposite. No one wants those kind of friends. Like, my wife Jacinda and I, we lived in Southern California for uh, a couple of years and when we first arrived, we thought everyone here is just so friendly because everyone we met said like, oh, we've got to get together and like have lunch or we've got to get together and have dinner and let's get together and have a coffee. And we're like, man, everyone's so friendly. And then we're sort of waiting for people to get back to us to invite us to the lunch and the dinner and the coffee. And, and it didn't come. We thought, oh, oh, we must be missing something here. So I thought, I know what we'll do. Next time someone asks us, we'll get the, get the calendar out and we'll make a date. And so... Uh, someone you know, said, hey, you know, so good to meet you. Hey, we should do lunch. I said, that's fantastic. I was like, when should we do it? And they're like, what? They're like, oh, it was just... So it was, it was interesting. And, uh, but we did meet some great friends in the midst of that. And I was just reading an article this week, which was really interesting. Um, about this, it was an article about a, a new church in Hollywood, but the article was written by a guy who's not a Christian, uh, he's gay, uh, and he was, went, wanted to go along to this church, and he was a little bit nervous about going along. He just didn't know how, how that would go. And uh, listen to, to what he says, because he, um, he was surprised, surprised to find something a bit more genuine than he was expecting. He writes this, I blush as multiple strangers greet me on my way to the auditorium. This is LA. We don't say hello. <laughs> And yet I find it oddly refreshing to bask in the warmth of their unsolicited kindness. That's cool. Genuine love in our friendships. So, and we're not talking about that surface level friendship, like I've got a bunch of friends on my social media kind of friendship. We're, we're talking about the I know people, they know me, we're doing life together type of friends. So, and you know, one of the things I've said to my kids and... Uh, as they've been on their journey through school and friends being good and friends being not so good from time. And uh, I, I say to them, if you want friends, be the, be the friend that you would want to have. Be the friend that you would want to have. And, you, and, the, and you'll have the friends you want. So what does genuine love look like? Apostle Paul, he gives us a heap of advice on this, doesn't he? He gives us, a, and we're going to rattle through these things, so hold on tight. And uh, as I said, some of these have been very challenging for me as I've been going through them. I'm like, oh, wow, that's, um, that's a good reminder. I need to get better at that. So, first one is hate evil and uh, hold tight to good, cling to what is good. So it's like there's a moral dimension to love. And in our culture, there is this strong thread of thinking, and it's in, the, uh, in some of the, many of the care professions they've been, they've been told this, but it says that love is letting people make their own choices and be free to do whatever they want, and love is letting them do that. Love is saying, yes, it's, you need to let people do whatever they want. In the therapeutic professions, they've been trained to come alongside people with whatever they decide to do with their lives and support them in whatever they decide to do with their lives. And, but what that's saying is, another way of saying that is that they're saying that love is, is supporting people in their choices, even if their choices are really unhealthy. And that, and, and that's, not, that's not love. 
So when you, when you see people making unhealthy choices around their relationships or their, their, their sexual activity or their alcohol consumption, and are we supposed to support people in that? Paul the Apostle says, no, that's counterfeit love. That's not real love. Genuine love hates what is evil. Genuine love says, I, I hate whatever is going to hurt you. That's what genuine love says. I hate whatever is going to hurt you. Genuine love says to their friend, I love you so much that I hate what that addiction is doing to you. You know, I, I love you and I, I can't stand that you are destroying yourself sexually. I, I love you, but so let's, let's work out a way together. I'll help you so that we, you don't have to abort your baby. I love you, I want to come alongside you in, in, in your addictions or in these things you, that aren't helpful for you. Like, so being a good friend, it can sometimes mean taking a deep breath and talking about hard things with your friends. And you, you might think, oh, I could never do that. They, they might push me away. And, and you know what, they might. But what would love do? What would love do? Well, maybe, you know, you... You could call someone up that you, like maybe one of the pastors here or someone that you know and go like, hey, could you come with me? I, I, I want to have a hard conversation with a friend and because, because I just hate what some of the things that's happening in their life is doing to them and I love them too much just to, just to let them keep doing it. But I don't know how to have those kind of conversations. Could you come along and, and help me? And, and if it's one of us, we'd say, of course we would. Of course we would. We'd love to do that to help so hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Then Paul the Apostle gives another description of genuine love. He says, honor one another above yourself. Honor one another above yourself. And like, again, this could be a whole message in itself, like, but how do, you, how do you do that? Here's a great place to start. Stop talking about yourself. <laughs> Maybe just start there and then just, you know, see how it goes from there. Um... You see it all the time on Facebook posts, you know, like someone's excited, you know, and they go, hey, like, look, I'm in, I'm in Sydney, I'm like, it's, I'm like, I've never been to Sydney, and some of their friends will go like, oh, I love Sydney, I've been there five times, and like, I've got a friend, he's got a beach on Manly, it looks out over the water, and go make sure you go and have the gelato at Darling Harbour, and it's just, ah, uh, it's like, how did it get about you all of a sudden, instead of like, you know, it's just... Honoring someone just says, like, I'm so stoked that you're, you're having a good time, you know. There's a great book, I know I've talked about this before, by a man called Dale Carnegie who wrote uh, the book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Wonderful Christian man, and the uh, book's over 100 years old now, and it's still just as relevant today as it was when he wrote it. And um, there's a chapter in there where it talks about uh, um, how to connect with people in conversations and how, how to make friends with people. And he says, it's easy. You just talk about their favorite subject, themselves. <laughs> you talk about them. And, uh, and yet most of us, are, you know, we, we try to connect with people in a way of wanting them to like us, so we talk our, try to talk ourselves up. And, um, but it's like honoring others above yourself, just a good place to start that journey is just to stop talking about yourself as much. So, so in your friendships... 
ask yourself this, are you a giver or a taker? Are you a giver or a taker? And would you want your friends to be givers or takers? Be the friend you want to have, be a giver. So encourage others instead of fishing for encouragement. Talk to people about the good things that you see in them instead of fishing for them to talk about the good things that they see in you. And, when you, and how about this one, the next level. When you talk about your friends to other people, why don't you talk about the good things about your friends instead of just being honest? <laughs> because, because, because like I know that if, um, if well, I mean, my family know me pretty well, they know all my kind of good bits and bad bits, and, and um, you know, they could talk to their, their friends about, like, oh, my dad, you know, he did this dumb thing again, he said this, and, you know, and, and um, but honouring others above yourself is just talking about the good things that people have, because, you know, we know, we know we've got our bad bits, but that's honouring, isn't it? That's honouring. And you know what, we should probably do that for everybody, not just our friends, our acquaintances and workmates and our, our neighbours, and it's just to, uh, to honour them because, you know, the Bible tells us that every single person is made in the image of God. Every single one is made in the image of God. So it's, it's just right to honour them. Genesis 1.27, God created mankind in his own image. So honor others above yourself. Okay, you ready for another one? Feeling challenged? It gets worse. All right. No, it gets better. That's what I meant to say. It gets better. Like challenge is good. I, I like being challenged. Bring a good attitude. The next one. It says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Bring a good attitude. I have a friend. Uh, some of you will have met him. He came and spoke here at Coast Vineyard about three years ago, a pastor called David Parker. Wonderful, wonderful man. And he is right in the middle of fighting just some gnarly, gnarly cancer. And uh, when they first diagnosed, they said that uh, this average life expectancy for someone with this type of cancer is about 15 months. That was about 21 months ago, maybe two years ago now. So, but it's just going, it's just tough. So he tweets from time to time when he finds strength in amongst his treatment. But listen to this. This is a tweet just from last week. This week's pause from treatment has stemmed my weight loss and given me strength to begin again tomorrow. So grateful for all the kind words and earnest prayers sent my way. Grateful to have such faithful friends. Lord, have mercy. Be present in the pain, kind through the sorrow, and powerful in this time of need as you always are. Amen. I would love to be that kind of person in the midst of just real, real tough times. Just encourage, you know, like he's, he's, he's bringing encouragement to others. Joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And you know, if, if my friend David can, can do this while he's facing just the toughest of, of, uh, of challenges, then surely we can be people that can still bring light into our circles of people even though we're going through hard times. I know things get hard, but here's the thing. Your friends don't want to hear you whining. They 
there's, and there's, like the people that you whine to, they have hard things happening too, you know? And I know there's, a, there's times when you need to sort of get things off your chest, but um, wouldn't it be wonderful if we would choose to be people that could bring an attitude of light into, into our worlds? Bring a good attitude. Remember this about being better friends. Here's another one. Share your stuff. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. I love, I love that we do that at Coast Vineyard. I love that when people have babies and people are like lining up and making meals for them and helping them out. I, you know, if you need to borrow something, there's usually someone that says, yeah, sure, you know, need a trailer? Yep, no problem. Need a, need a car to use for a little bit? Yeah, we'll work it out. So, um, but then, you know, it's so easy for us to think, oh, but what if I lend them the, my car and it comes back and it's got a scratch on it? And you, go like, and you know that it wasn't there before, and it's like, what if, what, oh, I don't know if I want to risk that. Or what if they borrow something and I just don't get it back? Um, what if people take advantage of me? Well, you, we've just got to decide whether we want to be a good friend. We've just got to decide. Because friends share their stuff. And it's only stuff. Jesus said this, like Luke 9:24. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? And you know what? When you hold tight onto stuff, you, you just like, you, you lose the very essence of who you're made to be, which is a person that is a, a giver of love. And you become mean and bitter and yeah. <laughs> you have met those people, eh? Yeah. <laughs> no one's videoing it. <laughs> um... We had people stay in our house uh, a few months back and um, just being hospitable. And, you know, just every now and then, just a whole, like, just a, a most unlikely combination of circumstances happened. And it happened to us. They, so they, when they left, and, and then we went over there about probably four or five hours later and discovered that, like, this weird combination of things had happened, which was our drain out of the sink in the bathroom had blocked and the tap had somehow left was left running. So so we sort of sloshed into this into this little spot where they were staying and um, and you know we're just being very wise people that we are, we just thought we're gonna lower our insurance premium so we don't have to pay as much. But and all that happens is just there's just a bigger excess on insurance. But like but we're saving so much money on the premium so so anyway, $1,000 excess, you know, everything, just everything, water swells, you know, floor, you know, so. And um, so that was a, a $1,000 uh, exercise in hospitality. But, but there's the thing, you know, just the night before last, um, I was down in Stratford and uh, had some people, you know, let us stay there for for free, you know, we've, had, we've stayed in so many people's places over the years just that have just said, oh yeah, come and stay, it'd be great, and so it's like, it all works out. And here's the thing, people who are hospitable, people who share this stuff, they've got lots of friends. All right, here's another one. Bless bad people. 
Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You could kind of subheading under this one. It's like when friends go rogue, you know. And, you know, we, we're talking about friends, but again, let's just expand it wider. Let's look at your workplace. And some of you have workplaces where there's just two or three people there, but some of you, there's lots of people there. And sometimes you kind of clash with people at your work because you choose your job, but you don't always choose the people that are working with you in your job. And uh, sometimes at work, not everyone's nice. And sometimes they're like less than nice. People aren't always thinking about you. And sometimes people are trying to climb over the top of you. Take credit for the things you've done and discredit you so that they can get ahead. And, and what do you do with that? Well, Paul the Apostle says, well, you bless them. What? I want to kick them in the. I don't want to bless them. Paul says, "Don't bless them." You want to be a person of love. You want to be a person that reflects the heart of God. You bless them. You encourage them. You speak well of them. You help them. You make them a coffee if they're thirsty. You buy them a donut if you hear their tummy rumbling. What it says, what Paul says, if they're hungry, give them something to eat. Because you overcome evil with good. I was just talking to someone yesterday, he's a history teacher, and one of the things that he teaches in history is the American Civil Rights Movement. And the whole punchline of that is that we will overcome evil with good. Is it hard? Yeah. Is it right? Yes. Feeling challenged with that one? Thinking like, man, this is a challenging morning. Okay, next thing that Paul says about how to be better friends. He says, be empathetic. He says, rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Again, he's just saying, you know, take your eyes off yourself and empathize with people. You want to be a good friend, empathize with people. But, you know, to do this, you have to know what's going on with people, don't you? It's like a lot of times people are just, they, they don't tell you what's happening. And so you have to get good at asking questions. I've got, I've got the, the two-question thing. It's like I've got like, hey, how are you doing? And then I've got like, hey, how are you really doing? And they go, oh, you actually, you actually are interested. You, are, you actually want to know. And uh, um, some of the other questions I ask, um, you know, so you know, how, are you, how are you feeling about life right now? It's just questions that just can help to know with people. It's, we're going to be... Um, as part of the series about being better friends, we're going to um, have one of our 
Sundays um, talking around helping people in, that are in challenging places with regards to mental health. And we're going to be also running a, a, a night with some uh, mental health professionals that can just help us, all of us, to be able to see where, where there are challenges in people's lives that we may not necessarily see if we don't know what to look for or if we're thinking, not, not even thinking to look because we're caught up in our own stuff. Uh, and then just some of the ways to help people. And um, so, um, so that's gonna be, it's gonna be good, isn't it? You know, to be, oh, we've got some friends that um, they've been journeying with one of their friends for just years and years and years and years and years, who is regularly suicidal. And I it just, every time I have, I, they talk about like, oh, you know, we just can, you know, caught up again and we had to go and see them. And I'm just thinking like, you just, every time you do that, it's, it's rescuing people's lives. And it'd be so good if, you know, we can, um, get better at that. So, so, you know, like, questions, you know, is there anything, is there anything hard that's just happened in the last few days? Um, it's not this, it's just, it's just taking those kind of conversations just a little, a little bit the next, uh, a little bit deeper. And, um, and then when people talk about something that hasn't gone, gone that well, it's like, I've got time to listen. And I know we're busy, but boy, what a, that, it, can be, it can save lives. Just be saying like, yep, I've got time to listen. So put your phone away and give your friend the precious gift. <laughs> hey, that's, they didn't have their phone out. Someone rang them. Put your phone away and give your friend the precious gift of your full attention. The precious gift of your full attention. Nearly there. Another thing that Paul encourages us to do is to pursue and maintain peace. Who has ever had a fight in any of their relationships ever in their whole life? <laughs> So Paul says, um, he says, you know, live, live in harmony with one another. You go like, well, that's easy to say. Um, and he also says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That's quite good, eh? It's like the goal is to like live at peace with everyone. But he also recognizes that, hey, you know, relationships are, um, there's two sides to it, eh? So you can work hard yourself. But then what if the other person is just like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want it, I'm still grumpy or, um, and sometimes, like I said, it's easy to stand up here and say, hey, just live at peace with everyone. But I know that relationships can be devastatingly difficult and, you know, things can happen that can sometimes mean that, um, people never get over them and never get to the place where they can find that place of peace. But it's, it's good to be reminded that that's a good goal to aim for, isn't it? To live at peace with everyone. And I know that people have done tough things to me and it's taken me years to get to a place where I could even go to them and say, hey, you know, be good to, be good to work this out. And 
because it, it can be hard. It can be super hard. But that's, it says, as far as it depends on you, you know, take, take responsibility for your part of it and work hard at it. Do the apologies if, if needed. Try to, I wrote down here, try to decipher the awkward. You know, like sometimes you've, you've relationships with like a workmate or a friend or, and all of a sudden it just went from being easy to like awkward. Have you ever had that? And I've, so I've written, I've tried to decipher the awkward and sometimes you just need to have kind of conversations with people and, and acknowledge that there's, there's something's awkward. It's like, hey, you know, like, um, I don't know if you're sensing this, but I just find that like there's something kind of awkward in, in our relationship. Is if, have I said something that has um, offended you or have I done something that has been really unhelpful in our, in our friendship? And um, so just trying to, trying to decipher the awkward. Saying things like, hey, you know, I, I know I, I lost my temper the other day, but like, I'm sorry, it's not, it's not, is that rain? It's either rain or a really large crowd outside cheering, you know, just like, shh, shh. That's what I thought it was at first. It's like, that was a good point. That was a really good point I just made. It's, um, but to talk to people, like, I know I, I lost my temper, but please don't let one bad thing, you know, in, in the last few months of our friendship, wreck our friendship. You know, I'm sorry. Can we start again? And, uh, you know, when things get tough between people, it's real easy just to, to separate and, and go. It's, uh, people leave jobs because of it. We've, you know, there's been a couple of times we've heard stories of, you know, people even here at, even here at Coast Vineyard, um, you know, got, got grumpy with one another and one of them's gone and like, no, I can't be here anymore. And, now the thing is with when you go somewhere without sorting something out is that guess what? It's like where, where you go, there you are. And um, things often come into our lives because God is wanting to present to us opportunities to grow. Does that make sense? But we've got to do the hard work to work through some of these things so we can grow. And the last one in this lovely little piece that Paul has written in the book of Romans is he says, uh, you know, be humble. Want to be better friends? Be a humble friend. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. You know, humble friends are good friends. So, you know, try, maybe not go down that road of keep trying to convince your friends that you're awesome. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing about all of you guys. I could point to any one of you. Here's the thing. You're a little bit awesome. You're a little bit average. And you've got a little bit of, like, you've got some things to work on. Okay, that's just all of us. Okay, so let's just, let's just get real with that and, um, and remember that, you know, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble so there's a few things to kick off our being better friends hopefully there's at least one thing that you can take away I was going through this day. I think I got about five things I like oh I need to work on that and I need to get better at that and 
but I'll tell you this, I've had some um, incredibly good friends for over 30 years, and it's an absolute rich source of, uh, of joy and blessing in my life, and I just would encourage you to, you know, with your, your good friendships, with your key people in your life, is that like all of these things, let's work on these things because if we can maintain good friendships for life, it can just be such a rich source of, uh, of joy and blessings. So, uh, so we're, gonna be, we're gonna continue on next week with uh, being better friends, about, about adding ways of adding some health into, into relationships and I'd encourage you to, to keep coming along. I know it's been challenging, but challenging can be good.